Journey into space. The BBC presents Jet Morgan in Operation Luna. Jet Morgan and the crew of rocket ship Luna, having been stranded on Earth some 20,000 years before the time they left it, were able, with the help of the time travelers, creatures from another planet, to take off into outer space. Waiting for them a thousand miles above the Earth were the spacecraft of the time travelers. By some means unknown to Jet, the strange ships were able to increase the speed of Luna to such an extent that all the crew lost consciousness, only to awake a few minutes later to find themselves hurtling through space at a tremendous speed on a circular journey through the universe and through time. And doubts about what would happen to them when they did get back to the 20th century then began to fill their minds. And what has happened to us physically? Have we grown older? You mean, does it take time to travel through time? Yes. Or do we return to the exact age we were before we made the journey? Well, this beard I've got ain't wasted any time growing. And I'll certainly feel a lot older. But if things do revert to what they were, we'll have lost all memory of this, of everything. It'll be like it never happened at all. Doc, get your diary. Well, what for? Uh, get it, quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. What's the idea, Jeff? You'll see. Uh, here it is. Now, look back mm -hmm. to the time when we first began to hear that strange music. Uh, yeah, well? Is it all there? Yes, it's here. And the time we spent on Earth by the river, the appearance of the time travelers, is that all there? Um, yes, every word. Then start writing again. Record everything you can think of since you last made an entry. Everything. But why? Because if we do get back to the exact time before we journeyed through time, and we do forget all this, because by going back we can have no recollection of what is to come, that diary will be our only proof that anything happened at all. What if material things change too, back to what they were? Well, we can only wait and see until we sight the moon again. Only then will we know the truth. The truth about traveling through time, yes, Jet, but not the whole truth. How do you mean, Doc? Well, what do we know of the time travelers themselves, for example? Virtually nothing. Well, it still beats me how they managed to repair the ship and get it ready for takeoff without even consulting us. I can't begin to make out how they do after things they do. I expect the forest creatures would think much the same about us, if they could think. Ah, but that's different. Them forest creatures were men like ourselves, but the time travelers didn't seem to be. They, they look more like animals. Biologically speaking, man is an animal too, but it's a very advanced one. It's the size of his brain that makes him superior. Well, them time travelers didn't seem to have extra big heads that I noticed. Well, the way you ran when you saw one, I wonder you had time to notice he had a head at all. Now, nah, there's no need to get personal about it. Come to think of it, their heads were rather large. They probably do have fairly big brains. What, you mean every clever man is a big head? <laughs> Not necessarily, Lemmy. Quality is just as important as quantity. A race of men or animals with large brains that are also of high quality could do remarkable things. Well, now, let's face it. They were a large type of animal and much bigger than us. Twelve feet high at least. Twelve feet? Well, that's a bit of an exaggeration, Mitch, I must say. Well, how tall would you say they were then? Well, nine feet, certainly no more. Nah, twelve feet. Do you agree they were that tall, Doc? Well, I wouldn't have said they were more than seven feet at the most. Now, what kind of brains have we got? We can't even size them up? Well, we couldn't run them over with a tape measure, could we? The shock and surprise of seeing them seems to have upset our judgment. But if we can all differ so much about their size, how clear are we about what they look like? Well, in spite of what Dr. Mitch said about his nips having a monkey face, <laughs> he didn't look like a monkey to me when he showed himself on the screen. What did he look like to you, then? Well, he had a face more like one of them fruit-eating bats that you get in India. I don't think you'd have said that if you'd have stayed long enough to see him. Why not? Well, because on the screen he appeared in black and white. When we saw him in that sphere, we saw him in full color. And his face was bright blue and purply red, just like a mandrel. Well, he looked like a bat to me. And what about this armadillo business? Well, 
It was his skin that reminded me of an armadillo. It was more like a bony armor. Just his skin? He wasn't shaped like one? How could he be? He stood up on two legs and had long arms. But he looked more like an animal than a man. Yes. That's the trouble with us human beings. We think any other form of civilization anywhere in the universe must be produced by creatures like ourselves. We won't grant it could be different. Well, how different could it be? Well, very different. Man's pattern of civilization could be only one of many variants. Well, I don't see how. Well, just consider man's history. First, he's little more than an animal, like those forest creatures. But even so, I wouldn't mind betting that if you could look thoroughly into their way of life, it would consist principally of two things. What? Well, a, a practical approach to the necessities of living, like the manufacture of tools and weapons. Isn't the other? The desire to express themselves in some way. An artistic streak. Artistic? What, them gorillas? I bet that even now, back there on the earth some 20,000 years ago, there's at least one man in every family who spends a good deal of his time carving or drawing the world he sees about him. Or if he doesn't do that, he's busy wasting his time banging a hollow log with a couple of bones for drumsticks. And he's probably better at that than he is at planning his tomorrow. You mean that man is essentially an artistic creature? He always has been. You paint, draw, sing and dance because he can't help it. You build a house or make a spear because he has to, or die. Oh, I don't see the point of all this. What are you getting at? Just this. Supposing man, instead of developing his artistic trend first, had developed his scientific one. Yeah. Supposing all the scientific knowledge man has now had been known to the Greeks or the ancient Egyptians, and that over the centuries since, his store of knowledge had grown proportionately. Well? Well, where would he be today? I hate to think. Well, where would he be? Probably where the time travelers are now, or a long way towards it. Hey? You mean that's how the time travelers have got where they are, by developing along purely scientific lines? Why not? You mean they have no arts, uh, literature, sculpture, music? He'd never heard of music. He didn't even know what it was. Yeah, but that underground city, it was beautiful. What was beautiful about it? Well, the, the flowers, for one thing. That was nature, not the time travelers. They're not responsible for flowers. What, you mean they could have them flowers all grow in there and not appreciate them? All the wonderful bright colors? Who knows if they can even see color? They may live in a completely gray world, like a dog. All right, all right. But how about the way the city was laid out? Those spheres and the domes above the ground. Perfectly symmetrical and beautiful because of it. Yes, to our eyes. But they could mean no more to the time travelers than, well, a uh, technical efficiency. There is beauty of a kind in a triangle, in a, in a circle, in an ellipse. But none of these things expresses anything. They don't arise from an emotion any more than a mathematical equation does. A plus B equals C. It's an expression of a truth, that's all. Well, then, what about their kindness, their generosity, their willingness to help us? A tree bears its fruit. You eat it and are grateful. If you were a savage, you might thank the tree and give it something in return. But it doesn't mean the tree is kind or generous. It does it because it can't help it. What do they do for fun, for relaxation? Do they have any form of amusement? I saw no sign of it. Maybe we're their idea of fun. <laughs> Maybe they get their relaxation by knocking people like us from one century to another and back again. <laughs> I shouldn't think that would amuse them. I doubt if they've any sense of humor at all. Well, if what you say is true, Jeff, we must appear very backward, primitive people to the time travelers. Oh, I'm sure we do. And yet they were willing to take us with them to Venus. Yeah. I think it was more in self-defense than from any kindness towards us. By venturing out into space, by conquering the moon, man may threaten the voice and his kind again. But he's not on the moon. He said he was going to Venus. If man can get to the moon, he'll get to Venus. Still, I wonder what it would have been like if we had gone with them. Mm, dull. Very dull, I should think. Their world would be orderly, clean, efficient, with no worries, no empty stomachs, no heartache, no emotions. 
Only a pure scientific efficiency until the end of your days. No, no. Not the life for an inquisitive do-or-die being like man. Well, I wonder if we shall see the time travelers again. When do you mean, now or in the future? Well, I mean now, before we reach the moon. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, how shall we know what to do when we get there? Well, one thing's certain. We can't land. We haven't the fuel. Well, what do we do then? Fly straight past and say hello and so long to the man in the moon as we go by? If we pass close enough and at the right speed, it would be impossible to go past it. The moon's gravitation will pull us into an orbit round it. And what happens then? Unless we do something about it, we keep going round it. Forever. Aye? Don't you think the voice will even call us up to see if we're all right? I doubt it. I could kick myself when I think of all the things I could have asked him and didn't. The most important thing of all we did ask... What was that? To get back to our own time. Yes, but asking for it doesn't mean we've got it. We're still out in space. There's no sign of the sun or the earth, let alone the moon. And we can still remember where we've been and what's happened to us. I'm not so sure it did happen. The old thing's already beginning to seem like a dream to me. And a bad dream at that. Yes, Lemmy, we'll probably all wake up soon and find out it was. Yes, that's what I'm scared of. Huh? That's why you must get to work on that diary, Doc. Write down everything you can remember before you lose it. Yeah, sure. Meanwhile, Mitch and I will keep television watch. If the time travelers have done right by us, it shouldn't be long before we sight the solar system on the screen. And we'll have worries enough to keep us occupied then, believe me. Do you think that can be it, Mitch? The sun? Our own sun? What else could it be? It's been getting bigger all the time. Yeah, but not big enough for us to see its planets yet, if it has any. Well, we're right we're traveling. It won't be long before we do see them. Supposing we don't slow up. Supposing we do go shooting right past. Well, supposing we haven't arrived back at the right time. Uh, what are you two trying to do? Cheer me up or something? If that is our sun, the Earth will be revolving around it. And it'll have cities on it. Towns, ships, houses, men. Not prehistoric men, but men of our own time. Men and women who look like us and think like us. Yeah, and down in Australia, there's a radio operator waiting for me to call him up and tell him that Luna has left the moon and is on her way back to Earth. We've already done that. The last message we sent was to tell them we were going to circle the moon. You don't think they could hear us from here, do you? I doubt it, Lemmy. Even if they could, it would take some minutes before you got a reply. Well, I can wait. But suppose I do get them, what do I tell them? That we're outside the solar system altogether? Mm, that would be something. Hey, give them a bit of a shock, wouldn't it? Give me a bit of a shock if we got a reply. Well, shall I try it, Jeff? Yes, if you like. I don't think there's the slightest chance of their hearing us from this distance. It'd prove a thing or two if they did. What in particular? Well, uh, we must have already travelled through time, and the memory of what we've been through is going to stay with us. Hello. Come in, please. I'll give them 15 minutes to reply. And if they haven't by then, well... Oh, now listen. They're here again. It's his lips. Either him or his ships. Watch the television, Mitch. See if we can locate them. Yeah, right. Wait! Where did that come from? From the radio. Let's get over there, quick. Hello? Hello? Luna calling? I know. Where have you been? Eh? We've been waiting for you. It took you a long time to get here. A long time, he says. Must be all of 40 minutes. Where are you? A long way from you. You should have opened up your radio before. I've been trying to call you. Oh. Tell me, have... I don't think you need worry about anything. You mean we've made it? I think so. But we haven't finished with you yet. How do you mean, haven't finished with us? You want to land on the moon, don't you? No, no, we don't. Look, we haven't got enough fuel. We use it nearly all up taking off from the Earth. Then I will have to arrange things a little differently. Well, how? You had better all get on your couches and strap yourselves in. What are you going to do? Help you get back to your own time. What, you mean we're not there yet? If you were, you wouldn't be out here in space, would you? No, I don't suppose we would. Do as he says. Get on your bunks. Right, okay. Hey, Doc. Yeah. 
Did you hear that? Yeah, most of it. I've been trying to take it down. Well, you better stop now. Things are about to happen. Right. And let me know when you're all strapped in. I'm fixed. Yeah, me too. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. We'll be all set in just a few moments. Very well. This is the last time you will hear from me. Why? Where are you going? To Venus. To my new home. Oh, well, we'll look you up in about ten years from now, then. That we shall see. I hope our meeting has been of benefit to you. It has. Very much. Remember, our ships will always be watching you. Aye? Are you all strapped in now? Yes. Say, say, wait a minute before you go. Look, there's something I want to ask. Hello? Hello? Lonnie, what's going on? What's happening? Lie flat, everybody. Lie flat. Don't move. Hang on. Hold tight. Well, don't look any different from the other side, does it? Craters, mountains, plains, just the same. I didn't expect it to be all that different. Hey, Jet. Jet, come over here. Look at this. What? Look, directly below us now. The biggest crater I've ever seen. About twice the size of Copernicus. Yes, I can see it. But it's crammed full of little craters. Tiny ones in regular lines. Yes. There's a tendency for craters on the Earth's side to form lines of a sort. Here, Jet. Do you know something? No, Lemmy, what? I've got that weird feeling that I've done all this before. Strange you should say that, Lemmy. So have I. A very strong feeling. Yeah, well, I haven't. No man on Earth, alive or dead, has ever seen the other side of the moon. You couldn't possibly have done it before. Keep working that camera, Doc. Get as many pictures as you can. You bet. They're going to get the surprise of their lives back home when we tell them about this. Well, nearly completed the circuit now. Soon our nose will be pointing to Earth again. Yeah. Better stand by to cut in the motor. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. And let me know when you're all set. Okay, Jeff. Okay. Okay. Cut the stern teleview, Lemmy. Switch on forward view. Teleview up. Forward view. On. There she is. The Earth. Directly ahead. You said that, Mitch, as though you hadn't seen it in years. I feel like I haven't. But you saw it not 50 minutes ago, just before we took off from the moon. Position, Lemmy. Coming at the center. Five degrees. Doc, stabilizer. Stabilizer. Four degrees. Mitch, murder. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, what's the matter? The fuel that there's hardly any left. What? But you said there was plenty. Oodles of it, you said. Well, there's not now. But something's wrong. We, we've lost it somewhere. Three degrees. We must have used up much more than you thought. We couldn't have done. Not on a moon takeoff, but we shouldn't have used half of it. Two degrees. Have we got enough to set us on course for Earth? Yeah, just about. No more. Well, stand by to switch in motor. Standing by. One degree. Contact. Cut the stabilizer, Doc. Stabilizer cut. Well, that's that. On course, correct velocity, and we're heading for home. All right, Lenny. Call up base and let me know when you get them. Right. You better check the fuel gauges, Mitch. Make sure the fault isn't with them. You're too right, I will. Not an hour ago, when we took off from the moon, they registered half full... 
Now they're all but empty. Well, you better check them carefully. We may need a burst or two from the motor when we land on Earth. You're right. Hello, Lula calling. Calling Wonga Walla, Australia. Come in, please. Hello, Luna. Wonga Walla, Australia calling. I've got him, Jack. Oh, thanks, Lenny. Hello, Earth. Jet Morgan calling. Hearing you loud and clear. We've completed our circuit round the moon. I've taken numerous photographs and are now heading back to Earth. Velocity is 5,500, and you can expect us to be within landing distance in four and a half days from now. Thank you, Luna. What did the other side of the moon look like? Much the same as this side. Except there's a crater there, a large crater, much bigger than anything you can see on this side. It's colossal. That all? No green-eyed monsters or anything? <laughs> oh, no green-eyed monsters. Uh, look, we have to make our routine check now. And we'll all be pretty busy for a bit. We'll call you again in two hours. Right. While you're coasting back to Earth, you'd better get all the sleep you can. What for? You're certainly going to get a big reception when you get here. I think every Prime Minister in the Commonwealth is flying out to Wonga Walla to meet you when you land. Oh, blimey. All right, Control. We'll call you again later. Okay, Luna. I'll be listening up. I can't understand it, Jet. What's that, Mitch? Those gauges are right. The fuel tanks are empty. Well, as empty as makes no difference. But they can't be. We carried enough reserve for an emergency, and we haven't had need to use any of it. Well, they're empty just the same. No wonder we got off the moon at all. You know, if I'd known we got so little, we wouldn't have gone round the other side. I can tell you that. Well, there's something I can't understand, Jet. Uh, what's your trouble, Doc? Oh, the oxygen. What about it? Oh, when we took off just now, the gauges registered enough for five days. Now they register hardly enough for four and a half. What is going on? We couldn't have used up half a day's supply in less than an hour. Well, we have, somehow, somewhere. That 14-day wait on the moon must have had a more serious effect than we thought. But that's ridiculous. How could it? Search me. We'll search the whole ship. If fuel and oxygen can disappear just like that, other things can too. Now, get started. Check everything. Food, batteries, the lot. Okay. okay. Where does this food, if it is food, come from? This isn't anything like the stuff we brought with us. It... It seems to have undergone a complete chemical change. The fruit juice and cold tears changed to water. I don't like this. Now you're talking sense. How could it possibly happen? Well, you said that out in space we'd make new and startling discoveries. Well, we've made them. Fuel and oxygen evaporate and food turns into something else. Do you think this is any good to eat? Only one way to find out. Hmm. Well, Doc? Hmm. Not bad. Rather sweet. Like honey, but with a texture of bread. Mm, I don't think this can do us any harm. Yeah, better not. It's all we've got to live on for the next four days. Is there anything that's happened since we left Earth that could account for all this? No, heaven knows. Well, the least we can do is think back and see. I'll bet it's that strange music we've been hearing. How could that account for Well, it's said that thunder can curdle milk. Maybe that music can curdle our grub or change it some other way. Get out your diary, Doc. Well, let's check up on a few things. Okay, just a minute. Can't see how Doc's diary's going to help. It might. It's worth trying, anyway. Uh, here you are. Good. Uh, look up the first time Lemmy heard that music. Uh-huh. Uh, that was not long after we took off, when the radio packed in, wasn't it? That's right, Doc. And we heard it again just before we were about to land on the moon. Uh, at least Lemmy did, yes. over his intercom. Then we managed to contact base. We told them we'd been stranded on the moon throughout the lunar night, but that everything was now working again. We were about to take off, but would circle the other side of the moon before returning to Earth. Which we are now doing. Oh, very strange, isn't it? How are we ever going to account for that music, the appearance of that saucer-shaped ship, or, or anything else? They'll never believe a word of it back home. Not even when they see what happened to our grub? Hey, wait a minute. What's up, Doc? Well, there's stacks more of this diary. Pages of it. What? 
Yeah. Look, it should end here, but it doesn't. It goes on. Yeah, but how could it? You haven't had time to write anymore. Well, well, then what's this? They're not blank pages, are they? And is that my handwriting or isn't it? It certainly looks like it. But, Jed, I don't remember right... Hey, wait a minute. What is it? I don't know yet. Listen to this. November the 20th, 1965. Earth time. November 20th? That's today. It is now more than two hours since we left the moon and find ourselves in these new and frightening circumstances. How we got here, what really caused it, we shall never know. The fact is, we are somewhere within the galaxy of which our sun is a member. We are adrift in space, may be destined to wander around the universe forever, helplessly, hopelessly. put our trust in the time travelers and hope they pull it off. If they don't, these words may never be read by anybody, and the story of our strange adventures will die with us. Now Lemmy has picked up the voice on the radio. He tells us to go to our bunks and strap ourselves in and everything will be all right. So I must now leave this diary and do as he instructs. Doctor's just read? Well, not me, Jeff. No, me. But I did have a feeling we'd been around the other side of the moon before. I had the same feeling, Lenny, but as to what's in this diary, it's all new to me. Yes, but it seems that's why I told you to write it all down in case we did forget it. Yeah. That could account for the fuel and oxygen shortage and the food being all different. But are they going to believe all this back on Earth? I, I can hardly believe it myself. Well, then I don't think we're plum crazy or we cook the whole thing up as a practical joke. Well, Lenny, wait a minute. What is it, Lemmy? Where are you going? You'll see. He's turning out the locker, the, the one with the specimens of the moon rock and soil in it. Lemmy, what are you doing? Leave all that stuff alone. Ah, got it. Got what? This. It was still there, where Doc's diary said we put it in the locker. What is it? It's the knife. The prehistoric stone knife that Jet found outside the ship. God heaven, then it must be true. Every word of it. We could never have picked up a thing like this on the moon. Yeah, but we could have brought it with us from Earth. To substantiate our story. Well, Doc could anyway. Hey, wait a minute. Are you accusing me of fixing the whole thing up, Mitch? You brought the diary, didn't you? You could have brought the knife, too. Newspapers would pay a lot of money for this story back home. Now, look, now wait a minute, you, you can... two. Let's not start arguing. The whole thing is absolutely fantastic, but I don't think anybody's trying to pull anything. Well, then how can you explain it? I don't know. Strange things have happened to all of us in the three weeks since we left Earth. Yeah, you tried telling Earth about them. See what they have to say about it. I'm going to call up control. Have you laughed at? No. To tell them we're short of fuel and may have difficulty landing. Huh. We'll look deeper into that diary and all that's connected with it before we breathe a word of it to anybody at home. Now, you're talking sense, Jeff. If we're not careful, all the reception we'll get will be from a bunch of psychiatrists. Get base, Lemmy, will you? Yes, mate. I can't understand it at all, Jeff. I don't recall writing one word of any of this. Hello. Rocket ship Luna calling Wonga Come in, please. Hello, Luna. Standing by. Hello, this is Morgan speaking. Hello, Jeff. Everything okay? You're dead on course. We're potting you all the way. We're out of fuel. What? Yes, and landing may be a bit tricky. You can land all right. You can glide in. And we've got bags of room for you. The whole outback is at your disposal. Well, I haven't any fear of not landing us safely. It's just that I can't guarantee to put her down on the launching ground. You may have to go out into the desert and look for us. Well, don't worry, Jeff. We'll be ready. We'll find you. Good. I thought I'd better warn you now while there was plenty of time. No other news? No, nothing else. What news have you got? What's been happening back home? 
biggest news we've had for years. Oh, except for one thing. Oh, what's that? Well, there's been another flying saucer scare, the biggest we've had since the 1950s. What? And started over Australia by a dozen independent eyewitnesses. What, what, what did these saucers look like? Like saucers, of course. Circular aircraft, anyway. About 20 of them flying at tremendous speed out of the circular formation. On half an hour ago, they were sighted over America. <laughs> you better keep a lookout for them, Jet. Maybe they're trying to steal your thunder. Yes, we will. What makes you think so? Something cooked up by the newspapers, inspired by your trip. What else could it be? It could be a lot of things. Don't tell me you believe in them, Jip. Oh, I'm not saying I do or I don't. I don't believe or disbelieve anything until it's proved or otherwise. Right here. When will you be calling again? In two hours. Right. I'll be listening. Good luck on your return home and happy landing. Thanks. Thanks, Wongawala. Thanks a lot. Listening to the final episode of Journey into Space with Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, Alfred Bass as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, and David Williams as Mitch. The part of the time traveller was played by Derek Geiler, and other parts were played by David Jacobs. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey into Space was written and produced for the BBC by Charles Chilton. <laughs>